If you worried about falling off the bike, you'd never get on. Right. And as we all know, that was uh, the famous Sugar Ray Robinson. Uh, he had just bought a motorcycle, and I was actually with him at the time. Um, he kept on trying to get on it, and he kept falling off of it. And eventually, his bike was just so torn to shit that the, uh, the salesperson came back out, and she told him that he needed to take it off of the lot because she was upset that uh, he was scaring away other customers. And uh, I remember he just turned to me and he said, he said, if you're scared to get on the bike, you're never going to get on the bike. Let's get ready to rumble. Woo! Hey, sports fans, greetings, loved ones. It's your favorite hosts, Drew Holland. And your more favorite hosts, Michael. And we're here to you today, uh, hitting the showers. We've got a brand new episode for you, and we're going to be talking today about a sport that you may or may not have heard of. But that's what we're here for, it's to called, hear of it for you. It's called boxing, and uh, it is actually a sport. Now, some of you I know are saying, Drew, that doesn't sound real. It is. It is. We're talking about the... Okay, just... Just so we're clear with our listeners, we're talking about the one with the punches. The one where you hit the other guy. Not not like the thing you do before Christmas. But and it's not the holiday in Canada. N- nope. Nope. This one's the punching. Drew, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about your history in boxing before we get into this? Well, I mean, I don't want to brag and I don't want to come off as a dickhole, but uh, I'm pretty good at boxing. Uh, I've been doing it since I was a fetus. Uh Started off in the womb, um, just kind of shadow boxing, and I used the umbilical cord to do that thing that they do in the movies where they duck underneath it and then throw a couple punches and then duck back on the other side of it. Right, right, right. Agility training. Right. Yep. Um, and it wasn't a big deal. Like, I wasn't doing it every day. I was just doing it in between curls. Um, but it, it, was a, it, was a, it was a moment, you know, in the womb. Um. And it just kind of progressed from there, uh, and I've gotten to a point now where I am the world champion um, heavyweight, which is a big deal. Um, Michael, if you just want to extrapolate a little bit, because I do owe a lot of my success to Michael somehow. Um, well, I mean, as I'm sure our listeners have learned by now with a cursory Google search while they're listening, uh, Drew rose to prominence mainly in the 90s. Um, I was his ringside coach at the time. I didn't really have time to do much boxing myself. I did a little bit of amateur before that, but I was helping with the Jamaican bobsled team at the time. So the movie, not not the actual thing, but I was consulting on the movie because I was there for the real thing. Um, so I was doing ringside coaching for Drew in my spare time, and we won the heavyweight title first in late 90s, and then you've held it ever since, right? Yeah, and... Nobody has ever really even tried to get that back from me. You know, like people will sometimes suggest it as like a fun little, oh, maybe you should try and uh, take the heavyweight title this year. But, you know, it's all just kind of fun and games because they know that it's just not really going to go anywhere until I die or uh, retire. So um, basically, uh, we're here today with our guest who is a rising star in the world of boxing. Uh, His name is Levi Schlosser. Levi, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, um, so boxing is a recently new sport for me. I picked it up in the last couple days, and really, uh, it's changed my life. Uh, I've sold all my clothes, all I own are shorts, and really, every time I punch something, I just 
I get fl- like bells ring, you know. It, it's really changed my life. Right, those Wedding fireworks. Bells. Yep. Just, <laughs> I get you. And everyone knows that feeling if they've ever put on a pair of boxing gloves. You Definitely. Know? What it's, made you to des- decide to start boxing? Uh, really, I was watching, I think it was a Roadrunner cartoon. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, one one shot to the uvula, and I was like, sold. I got to do that. That was me. <laughs> it was the same with Muhammad Ali, I yep. believe. Yep, I read that in the biography. <laughs> um, so now... A lot of people I know, uh, when they see sports biographies or things like that, I know that they think of like sports stars as people like, you know, people that they see on TV or things like that. But really, when you think about it, like everyone has seen the movie Wolf of Wall Street. But really, when you're Jordan Belfort, you know, you go a step above that and you're a Rothschild, you know, and you're behind the scenes. People don't talk about the Rothschilds, but they're, you know, the most powerful men on earth. Apart from me and Michael, of course, but um, physically, <laughs> uh, but you know, me and Michael are kind of those things. And Levi, I'm sure that you will someday transcend our level. It's kind of like a. I hear some people say, like, "Oh, I haven't heard of you. Why didn't I know that you were the heavyweight champion?" It's because I've transcended, you know. And I don't. I got a couple letters in the past month or two where people were questioning mine and Michael's knowledge. And I just wanted to be very clear on that point. If you don't hear about us, it's because we're better than what you're looking for. Um, and with that, now that that's all cleared up, we can move on. I just wanted to make sure that that right, point enough about us. Um, I mean, we're here to talk about you, Levi. True that. Um, for our listener, um, since boxing is such a physical thing, can you describe yourself physically? Yep. I'm about five, uh, eight, you know, an average build, and I, I don't want to brag, but I, I am an everyman, just like Drew was saying. I put on my gloves one finger at a time. Um, I'm not physically one to stand out, but I, I punch like a dump truck. Now, how would you say that that factors into your boxing style, Levi? Um, I, I think that's a really big role in my boxing style. I only ever really throw one punch. Really, that's the best way to do it. I couldn't think yeah. of any better way to win a match. And really... At the end of the day, you throw the one punch, they're out, you did it, you know? I mean, so many people get so fucking complicated, do the one-two combo, you know? Just keep it simple. Just, just the, the one. one and done. I, I don't want to waste everyone's time. I mean, I'm an average guy. I know it, it takes it takes time to watch a boxing match. And right. I want to say for the, for the viewers. Right. And the betters, If too. I'm paying a couple hundred dollars for pay-per-view, I want it to be over quick. Of course. <laughs> Uh, now, Levi, it is true that you are colorblind. I'm very colorblind, that's correct. Um, what colors can't you see? Um, most of them, except for red and blue. Okay, I is is it because you got punched very hard? Uh, I like to think in one eye it is, but I, I've always lacked color in the other. I see. Now, question, if... If the boxer you're facing is wearing gloves that are like green, for example, how do you how do you see him coming at you if you're colorblind? See, um, I'm glad you asked that. That actually is a problem I solved very recently. Um, I stole some 3D movie glasses <laughs> from the uh, the theater down the street, and I haven't missed a punch since. I do recall that that was a bit of a campaign for you when you were trying to make sure that uh, that 3D glasses could be. Uh, 
a regulation accoutrement that you could be wearing in the ring. Because mm-hmm. I remember for a while there was a bit of a, a tussle between you and the officiants, uh, saying that you just couldn't wear them in the ring. And I remember that that was a a great day when you won that fight. That was a good a good fight and a good win. Mm-hmm. Good fights in and out of the ring. Levi, I know that you said that you uh, you kind of uh, spent out your whole wardrobe and all you've got left are the shorts. Is that all you wear in the ring, or normally all I wear is um, you know the standard boxing shorts and occasionally socks, depending on the temperature of the ring. You know, I wanted to ask you about that. How cold is it up there? Oh, it's it's cold. Um, usually, when I I bring my thermometer just to double check. But it's normally between four and five degrees Celsius. Mm. Is that why they're wearing gloves all the time? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I sometimes I wear two pairs of gloves because it get, it gets chilly. That's why they're so big. Yep. I get it. <laughs> absolutely. And insulation is kind of part of the sport of boxing. No, I agree. Insulation is part of the sport of boxing. Um, it harkens back to um, mid boxing history when. The only people who were allowed to box also owned insulation companies, and they just did it in their spare time. They just because it was just always so cold. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I, and but you had the real heroes back then with the feral fiberglass and the you know the the cotton candy kings and just the big guys, the big ones, you know. And that's what we all look back on and aspire to be uh, a little bit. Obviously, not Michael or I. We've transcended, but um, <laughs> right. But- it's what it's what. When you get into boxing, it's kind of what you're shooting for, you know? Everyone wants to be that. Right, but we'll get more into the sport as a whole later. We're talking about you right now. Um, do your parents get mad at you for hitting people? Uh, now, I, sometimes I have to duck phone calls from my mom, but we, we've had the conversation. Mom, I hit people for my job. No, I do, I do duck punches some, once in a while, and I, I do wear two gloves at a time so I don't hurt people, but... Have you ever been grounded for a fight? My first fight, it was um, me against my mom. I lost. And as my dad was counting it down, I knew two weeks, two weeks, no supper. Was it in a regulation ring or was just this was just the origin? Uh, this was in a regulation ring. This is my first experience in a ring. Oh, very good. Four, four years old. Well, I'm glad that we learned a lot about you today. Um, going into our first break here, would you mind describing one of your uh, biggest matches, maybe like your worst injury or that big title fight that you had recently? Ooh, absolutely. Uh, my biggest injury actually happened last night. Um, I was in the ring and my, my 3D glasses fell off and one of the cellophane papers ripped. So I was I was missing left punches left and right here. And yeah, he hit me in the eye. Is Big. that where the color blindness came in the other eye? Yep, he uh, just knocked happened it yesterday. From the left eye to the right eye. <laughs> now this is kind of a recent development. Uh, I guess looking back, it uh, it didn't feel like that long ago. But um, when it was happening, do you remember hearing or seeing anything of note at the time, um, vis-a-vis his gloves? Uh, well, one of the gloves was just kind of shaking. He was kind of waving at me. So I, I had turned to look at it, and I think that's when he caught me with the other glove. Right, sure. Mm. Um, and we all know that move. Just the, hey, look over here. Mm-hmm. Classic, classing, yeah. It, it works on the best of us. Really. That one is actually from Roadrunner. Yep. All right, well, I think that's uh, a great place for us to take a quick break, um, and we'll move on to the rest of the sport as soon as we're back. Thanks for having me, guys. 
Hey, listeners, welcome back. Just like in classic boxing, round one's over. Let's get into round two. We are here, uh, me, Michael. I'm here with Drew, my co-host, and our guest, Levi. Um, We are talking about boxing. That's why it's round two. Um, We wanted to get more into the... To be clear, wait, I just want to be sure that everyone's aware. We're talking about boxing. The fighting one. And the first one's over. Now number two. Now we're in round two. Okay, let's move on. Great. Um, so, Levi, we want to tell our listeners a little bit more about this sport because our listeners are... How do I put this? Um, uh, you know how like we know a lot about sports? Uh, of course. Yep. Like, imagine the opposite of that. Like, oh, like really for dumb. for a second, like, if you looked like walked into a boxing gym and you like looked around and you were just like uh what i what is all this and you just like and someone was like those are boxing gloves and you're like i don't even know what that means how am i supposed to wrap christmas presents with that like that's kind of like what it would be like that's basically our listeners uh in a nutshell so we want to uh Inform them about boxing as a sport. They know about you now, and we want them to know about the sport. Um, so, first question, real simple: What are they fighting about? Um, well, that's a great question. The argument actually varies from week to week. Uh, they've begun with internet polls most of the time. Uh, one of the boxers is usually a troll. Uh, it gets called out by another boxer who is also a troll, um, and they agree to meet at a predecessing location and fight about it sure sure um now i know that uh in the past going way back um to cain and abel uh there was like a biblical fight it's been suggested by some scholars that that was the original fight and then just everyone after that was just kind of an effigy or a permutation of that fight do you have thoughts on uh the biblical interpretation of uh boxing i i absolutely agree that sounds exactly like what the origins are um from what I was taught, I believe that Kane took a dive. <laughs> it it just upsets me thinking about it. How familiar are you with the uh, fixing of games back in biblical times? Was it mostly God fixing the betting or was it Abraham? I believe it was mostly God. Um, Abraham had bet on Kane and once he took a dive, um, really it really changed the face of boxing. Um, and, you know, that is just so scummy. Just when you think about it, if you're really in a fight and you're trying to win and then you let it go just for just for a couple bucks, you're a dickhole. And, I mean, speaking of history, um, what's the worst injury that's ever happened in boxing? Well, I I hate to be frank, but someone died. Mm, okay. Uh, Can you go into more detail than that? I, or is I, it... it, is it, it pains me to do so but i, I absolutely if it's a can. sensitive topic we can um once not very long ago there there was a fight um classic internet troll fight once again but this time someone got a bit carried away um took one of the gloves off on his hand and hit him that's got to be cold it was it was cold and it was so cold actually that that frigid punch really just uh, sent the other troll into an ambulance. And as we all know, the winner punch of 96 was uh, um, a lauded fight, but also a terrible one. Yeah, the the really shocking part was when later at the hospital, the first troll came and hit the second guy in the face again. 
And the truly despicable part was just the fact that every time you had a Christmas party from then, you you just couldn't think about it the same. You know, mm. you offer your guests some refreshments and everyone starts crying. Yeah, ask them if they want some punch, and they're just like, mm, too soon, man. Your winter that's, punch? Yeah, no, maybe not, okay. not at this party. It was a sad time, and it was a hard time for parties, too. Truly, truly awful. <clears throat> now, how does the scoring work? Um, well, normally, you each get one punch. But now, for me, that's not an issue, but for others, I, I'm pretty nimble, so they miss. So, if... You miss that first point. It's really all downhill from there. Uh, everyone gets one point per punch per round. There's never really more than three points. All right. Now, the, a little bit more about the technical side of boxing. The guys in the black and white, the referees, um, do the boxers ever get mad at some calls that they're making and just punch them? Well, we try to refrain ourselves from hitting the referees. Um, they're usually family and friends, and it's just in poor taste. Now... When was the last time that a referee won a fight? Uh, it was actually, surprisingly, the the winner punch in 94. Uh, the referee, uh, in revenge, had put out the, the second boxer, and the crowd just voted him in. Uh, it was unanimous. As we all know, when someone dies in a fight, the audience just votes for a winner. Once one dies, it is really a free-for-all from there. And honestly, I thought the ref deserved it. He was doing a fine work. Mm-hmm. And also, he had a hell of a left hook. Yeah, you know, ever since then, uh, they've been holding boxing like the price is right. You know, everyone shows up ready to go, and they just, they just call numbers from the audience. And... and really, why not? Like, when you think about it, we all have a little bit of fight in us, and some of us are shitty, and some of us are good, and some of us are really fucking good. But really, if you just pit man on man, you're going you're gonna to get a good show. Well said. Mm-hmm. Now, homoeroticism in boxing... Is it overt or is it kind of subverted? Do you know that people are jacking off to you when you're fighting or are you just kind of trying to keep that out of your mind? People are jacking off to me while I'm fighting? Now, Levi, let's not blow this out of proportion. We've all done it. I've done it. Michael's done it. It's when you take fighting. out when you take out a tape, you put on one of your uh, your opponent and you're just trying to kind of study the moves, kind of trying to keep track of what's going to what to expect in the ring. And sometimes you pop a little bit of one and you just got to kind of feel around in there. And it's not anything gay. You're just kind of feeling out what's going on and you're watching his body moving and the way the sweat glistens on his back. And it just kind of awakens a primal urge in you just beyond fighting, you know, and it's nothing that anyone should be ashamed of. And it's not anything that anyone should feel bad about, you know, and I just wanted to know for you. Is it something that gets you fighting harder or is it something that you don't think about until after the match and then you go home and masturbate too? Just to clarify, by fighting harder, do you mean... I'm talking about your dick. Okay. Okay. Uh, Now that you mention it, uh, really, ever since I made the transition into shorts only, uh, yeah, the the way I view fights has completely changed. And now and then we all get a little bit carried away with our uh with our chubs and with, that's, our, with our game prep fight prep. and i mean and, let's call it what it is right when when you've got a little bit of a boner and your opponent sees it and they pop a little bit of a boner too and you lock eyes and you feel the urge to kiss that's for me 
what pushes me even harder, you know, because at that point I'm just going for the domination because that at that point I, I win my prize, you know, like they're on the ground, they're out cold and that's all I've wanted this whole time. You know, the feelings go away and I can escape them completely. And we're both at a point where we're no longer thinking about each other's boners. Absolutely. I Nothing removes a boner like... Like a but, knockout punch. Yeah, like bloodlust. Right. All right. Now, when we're talking about pre-fight, um, we're ta- we talked about our game prep already, um, but weigh-ins, just before it starts, um, obviously we all know what weigh-ins are. Um, <clears throat> isn't it kind of sad that in our modern culture, we're still body-shaming boxers? It it really is. Um, I've been gaining and losing weight frantically in my four-day career, and it's really taken a toll on me. Now... Which weigh-in do you think is the scariest? Definitely the after-fight weigh-in. Uh, if I don't lose enough weight during a match, uh, they they just give it to the other the other fighter. I'm, I'm personally pretty scared of Marlon weigh-ins. I always thought that he was the scariest one, especially in those Scream <laughs> movies. I thought that he was horrifying. But also, I'm just a little bit scared of black people. So, um, Do you have any questions for us about the sport? Um, I guess really just any tips on how to ascend to your guys' level would be fantastic. Well, really, when it comes down to it, um, when you're trying to get to somewhere that me and Michael have gone, because let's be real, it's until Michael or I pass away, there's not going to be another, you know, like when you think about it, if you have a person that has everything, there can't be like another person that also has everything, right? It's like, it's just not how it works. So, but if you're asking for tips on how to get close to where we're at, if you're looking for a, like an ascension tool, uh, well, what I would say is, um, just stay diligent in all the things we talked about. Really, really stay diligent in your game prep. Um, when you're when you're watching that film, just make sure you're staying diligent in everything you do while you're doing that. Um, one of the things that I found, um. That has gotten, well, maybe not gotten me the farthest, but I feel like has influenced my career a lot is um, my diet. Uh, usually I just eat four potatoes before every match. And then usually if I can shit myself during the match, um, I find that usually the matches go a lot better for me. Um, there's a tension release. I relax a little bit. The other players kind of freaked out. Um, and it just feels right you know and honestly when you're in the middle of a fight and the blood and the poop kind of mix together (laughs) and you can really start getting that fear of infection from the other player that's when they start going on the defensive and you can really push hard on the offensive and uh, i find that that really helps out a lot so maybe um kind of look into something like that okay maybe for you it's not potatoes but find your potato but absolutely poop myself now levi i'm not your dad i'm not trying to tell you to have a poop parade but of course i'm i mean if you can find something that works for you just keep doing that thank you yeah i appreciate it Mm -hmm. now we are running out of time with this segment but before we go to break i just want to ask you a few quick questions um i'm gonna list two people you're gonna tell me who would win in a fight all right all right so who would win in a fight rocky versus creed Rocky, absolutely. He he can't die. 
Mm. They're still making Rockies. Okay. How about Rocky versus the new Creed? Ooh, that would be a close one. Um, That would probably end up on the ref. Uh, how about Mayweather versus Pacquiao? Pacquiao. Uh, you push that one through Congress. Uh, what about Jesus versus Muhammad? Ooh. Um, well, as we've already established, uh, most most of those biblical fights are rigged by God. So uh, that one's out of my hands. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I hate to get political here, but Trump versus Hillary. Ooh. Uh, I, I think Trump would swing harder, but Hillary would fight dirty. Hillary would shit her pants. So I'd put that one on Hillary. Okay. And again, we're not trying to make this a political podcast, but my dad versus your dad. Ooh. Uh, probably your dad. Kevin Spacey um, from American Beauty versus Kevin Spacey from House of Cards. Ooh. Uh, I, I like Kevin Spacey from American Beauty. Uh, he's just got that look in his eyes. He gets real buff at you the end of that he's movie. He's pumping iron at his the end of that film. His arms look like legs. They sure do. Um, and then what about Obama versus Mega Hitler? I, I think Obama. He's got Joe Biden on the sidelines, and you really can't stop the Silver Fox from encouraging you to want to fight. Mm. Yep. Ringside coach plays a bigger role than people know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. And really, everything that I have, I do owe to uh, Michael for getting me those tapes, for uh, showing me the ropes, and <clears throat> showing me the ropes. And, and really, before every match, I walked him up, and I was like, these are the ropes. Make sure you are aware of where they are during the fight. They can be used as a tool for you or against you, but I just wanted to show you the ropes before we got started here. And that really, um, I think, was one of my biggest helps. Um, and also, every now and then, in the middle of a fight, he'll just yell, Punch that guy because I've been punching the wrong guy for half the fight. And without that, I don't know where I'd be, you know, and sometimes you just need somebody in your corner. And I would like to add those two to our list of tips for you as a rising star. Um, Know where the ropes are Mm -hmm. and know who you're supposed to be punching. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. How about Mel Gibson versus Karma? Uh, Ooh, Mel Gibson. uh, Does he have a mullet? This fight? No, I'd have to give it to Karma. That's an easy pick, I think. But good question. Uh, Linus from Peanuts versus Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to put that one on Calvin. True. He's got that wild side. He's a real wild card. There's an animal inside him and and usually accompanying. <laughs> um, how about Osama bin Laden versus the entirety of Western culture? Uh, that That's a close fight. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to put my faith in... Uh, you know, Osama bin Laden. <laughs> now, can you elaborate on that a little bit? I've seen him fight, and dude scares me. And Western culture, as we know, is a little bulkier than uh, than Osama. When you think about it, um, it's it's more about speed versus size. I get you, right? Mm-hmm. And it, and you're really looking for somebody that can get in two hits and then just disappear. <laughs> and um, so, with that, uh, I think we can uh, wind down. We'll. We'll come back one more time, um, but we just wanted to make sure that we got all of the nitty-gritty about the sports kind of out in the open. Hey, gang. Thanks for coming back. Uh, It's Drew Holland again with Michael Bartz. Hey, what's up? And uh, we're still doing... Boxing. (laughs) Round three. Yep. Um, Now, as we all say in boxing, uh, there's... Make sure you got some good tape on hand. Well... Right, that's one. And uh, And on your wrists, 
Just really keeping those gloves in place. Because <laughs> if you lose your gloves, oh boy, we don't want to repeat of that. Um, what what some others also say in uh, in boxing, maybe a little bit less than what Michael just said, is uh, every fight has three parts, a beginning, a middle, and an end, and it's going to end with me ramming this fist down your throat along with all your teeth. And uh, that's kind of where we're heading uh, right now with our third section. Uh, we're going to just kind of start talking about some stories, some gossip, and uh, some interactions. Because if there's one thing that the fucking nobodies want to know about, it's uh, it's the big people. You know? Um, so we're just going to kind of drop some names and you can just sort of uh, fill us in on interactions that you've had with them, memories that you have with them, just whatever comes to mind when we say these names, okay? Um, now, my good friend, Manny Pacquiao, um, I recently saw him, but what are your thoughts on him? Manny Manny is a great guy. Um, I, I often go down to watch him in uh, Filipino Senate meetings and uh, he, he's really opened my my eyes up to uh filipino public policy um i remember one day i was sitting and there was a cafe right across the street um from the courthouse in manila now correct me if i'm wrong but they do have binoculars looking into the courthouse to watch the proceedings correct yep. okay. absolutely um you can only view from afar mm. and it's one of the ones where you toss a quarter in right Yep, uh, I usually bring uh, a handful of quarters um, with me from the airport, but other times I have to go uh, uh, get, change change out with taxi cab. Drivers. I remember he tried to take me down there one time, and he didn't tell me to bring any quarters, and I had to mug somebody walking by and steal their change. Mm -hmm. It luckily, was a little kid, but I didn't feel bad. Yeah, luckily you had your gloves on. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and those are always... Nice evenings with Pacquiao. Mm -hmm. I've always enjoyed those times with him. But I always thought that uh, the better times were just the ice cream walks. When we would just go get ice cream from mm -hmm. the DQ and just kind of walk down by the river. And he would tell me about his little girl. You know? Yeah, she's she's adorable. Um, she I does have the weird problem with her eye, but that's not... I mean... I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't have a couple weird problems with their eyes, right? I mean, I have two, and one of them's recent, so I can't blame her. <laughs> And, I mean, when we say problems with eyes, I mean, it's not like, I don't want to disparage this girl, but when your eye looks as hideous as that girl's, I mean, she's so strong. And, I mean, it looks like it's about to pop out. It's three times bigger than the other one. And I'm just so proud of her every day. And the way that he talks about her with just a little hint of disgust, he masks it so well. Mm-hmm. I, th I think it's all those long nights on the, the Filipino Senate floor that really, really um, mastered his parental voice. Really, whatever you can do to just kind of keep yourself mellow. Absolutely. And that's important in boxing, is knowing when to be rageful and when to be rageless. Now, everybody wants to hear, everybody always wants to hear stories about the the greatest, air quotes, if you can't hear that, listeners, Um <laughs> Muhammad Ali, tell me about some of your times with him. Now, I I actually uh, grew up watching Muhammad Ali box um, every Christmas. I I would go down um, to the local 
the local uh Best Buy Radio Shack. Yeah, and he yep. used to dress up as Santa Claus. I remember that. Yeah, it was it was really something he he loved giving back. Um and watching him wrap gifts um one day I had to go up and, and ask him a question. I said, Why why do you why do you wrap him like that? He said, You know he said something that really stuck with me. It was uh I don't I'm sorry, it's it's really uh it's really big moment in my life he said uh because he 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 didn't mess around muhammad ali he really you know, he always had he, a way with he words. truly is a wordsmith mm-hmm. really incredible and some say the father of modern rap just the way that he blends them together um but i know that you mentioned uh him dressing up as santa claus and i just i remember one year the whole family went down to the Best Buy and I thought it was so heartwarming that he convinced so many little people to dress up as reindeers and fight all of them all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he donated it all to charity and only three of the little people ended up with life-changing injuries. And just... Thankfully, the rest just died. The... <laughs> The gift that that was to not only the world, but also just to the little people community, you know, mm-hmm. involving them and sharing that Christmas with them. Yeah, that that Muhammad could really refrain himself. <laughs> and I always thought that it was nice that he cared so much about Christmas as such a staunch Muslim. That, Like I said, great guy. I, I spent my first three Christmases there. And uh, yeah, it's really changed how I view now michael was telling me just the other day about a run-in that he had with uh, evander holyfield um michael you should tell that story because that's a good one well i mean i haven't really talked much with evander in many many years um i've grown really close with his son um i get i get kind of choked up just talking about it um because me and his son uh we we did some sparring back in the day and then as you know when the draft came around we we shipped off um when that movie draft day came out we just we just we just had to leave the country we couldn't we couldn't abide by it um so we we went touring around uh the middle east for a while um and the only thing that could get us to come back home was um evander came came on a flight right away after after about six months, he realized his son was gone, and he was like, I can't have this. So he got a, on a flight right away, came out to us, and, you know, I'll never forget what he said to me when I asked him why we should go back. Um, he actually quoted the great Muhammad Ali, and he just said, because. You know, all this talking reminded me of uh, my last run-in with Jack Dempsey. Um, I, we finished a fight. He was fighting someone else, not me. Obviously, he wouldn't be speaking after after I beat him in a fight. But um, he had just got done with his fight, and I just got done with mine. And we had run into each other just uh, on a chance outside the ring. And he s- invited me to his villa. Um, and I didn't really know what to expect. So I, I just kind of shuttled over there one day, uh, knocked on the door unannounced because he told me to come whenever he wanted and I remember he 
shouted from very far away come in and I opened the door. It was a massive door. It was a two-story tall door. Um, and I went inside and I had to search for him for quite a while. I think I was in his mansion for about 20 minutes before I found him. But I eventually did. He was uh, in one of the back lounge areas on a couch uh, with nothing on but a uh, a doily like you would put on a table uh, before you put a vase on it, just covering his crotch. And he was uh, being served grapes by just an obese man, um, is I guess the only way that I can describe him. And he would lick the grapes before he put them in his mouth, I remember. Um, which is something that I've started doing recently because it did look very fun. But um, he called me over and he asked me if I would like some grapes. And I said, no. And then he said, then fuck off. And uh, that was the last interaction that I had with him. I mean, you've told me that story before and it always just amazes me how much detail you can recall about that. I mean, since... Oh boy, this was a few years before he died, and he died what back in eighty three. Well, this was back was... when we were fighting uh, people that could really throw a punch, and um, as you know, if you get hit hard enough, you'll just travel back in time, which is why so many of the great boxers were from the eighties and from the nineties, and you don't really hear about them as much anymore because they've all taken their hits, you know. Right, and they've, they've already gone back in time. Right. Now, we are almost out of time here, but uh, Levi, you were telling me about this one story off mic that I just think our listeners need to hear. Um, you were tell- telling me about um, an interaction you had with uh, George Foreman a couple years ago. Oh, George George Foreman. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> Georgie. That guy, he he really knows how to, how to talk about boxing. <laughs> I mean, really, whenever I, I'm in a ring with him and uh, we're going to b- throw down... And he just tells me what he's about to do. Like, all the punches that he's about to throw at me, I, I just gain a lot of respect for him. <laughs> that is his signature move. He calls out what he's going to do. I remember he, just people, like Babe Ruth. Just like Babe Ruth. I was just about yep. to say that back in the day. It's the classic George Foreman grill. And, I mean, I can't think of any better place to wrap it up than that. Um, I just want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Uh if that's what you call it with podcasts, I'm not really familiar with the technology. Um, but that's not what they pay us for, is it? <laughs> they pay us to be winners. So thank you again. Um, make sure to hit subscribe for us. Um, listen to other podcasts on Light Switch. Some of them are good. Others are also good. Um, so so please listen to those. Um, and Levi, thanks so much again for coming by. We know that you've got a busy fight schedule um recovery times are always uh too short but uh anytime guys uh anytime i get to spend with the legends i i appreciate it absolutely 